24 minutes in front of the hour, heading through the final half hour of our program for the broadcast week on this Freedom Friday here on the Big Talker FM. Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center joins us every Friday just after 9.30. Host of Consumer Choice Radio, you hear his program on Saturdays at 10 o'clock right here on the Big Talker FM. Yael, my friend, how are you doing this morning? Oh, we're doing quite well, Joe. Great to talk to you and uh, always a pleasure to be back on the Big Talker. Great to have you here and uh, doing some things, of course, behind the scenes with us as well to make us bigger, faster, and stronger moving through this uh, 2020. Uh, that said, you know, living in some chaotic times, uh, you know, I think uh, the negativity, the doom and gloom is for the birds. Uh, I've woken up today with a new outlook that uh, we need more hope and less Armageddon talk in our world. And uh, we get to live one life. Why not try to make uh, the best of it? Given that being said... Uh, well, it depends uh, where you live, I guess, because if you live in a place like Seattle, Washington, you better watch out which uh, street uh, you walk on uh, because uh, you could be you know, punched in the face and shot in the leg if you happen to uh, come across the wrong city block in a place like Seattle these days. Well, Joe, I, I totally agree with you. I'm all in on trying to think positive. Um, obviously, I think you woke up on the great side of the bed this morning, but I think I think you have a very good attitude, and I think for the majority of us, uh, things are getting a lot better. You have to imagine we've been locked in our homes the past couple of months. Uh, we've been paying attention to the television, to the radio, to online social networks, trying to figure out what's the next step, what are we able to do, are we healthy enough as a society to get back to work? And there has been real injustice in the past couple of weeks, and there has been real calls to action. And I think a lot of that has been um, something that a lot of us are very in favor of and appreciative of. In many places, it's gone awry, and uh, that's something that uh, we're definitely looking to balance. If we look out towards Seattle right now, uh, you know, again, this is not a, uh, a Trump-loving, gun-toting uh, culture, society, city. Uh, yet you do have the demonstrators, protesters who have now taken control of the downtown area. This is the neighborhood of Capitol Hill. Um, I'm familiar because I've been there uh, to Seattle. I mean, this is probably one of the hippiest places in the entire country, Joe. And yeah, no, that's a little outside of like, you know, the main uh, down by the waterfront. That's uh, you know a little off of that area. Right. Because I've been there a few times, too. I'm just trying to get a, uh, a, you know, a, a picture and a view of where this is located. Yeah, it's right. Well, the Seattle's surrounded by the beautiful waterfront, obviously, but it's like right near. There's the core downtown, and there's the Capitol Hill. I believe it's a bit like northwest of there, and that's where you have your nice uh, rainbow crosswalk. You have all of your your nice uh, left wing bookstores. Uh, so yeah, there's there's plenty of there that uh, is makes it a, a very famous place to go and the best place to get brunch in the city. With that said, uh, I don't know if you'd be going for brunch anytime soon. Uh, if uh, well, would they allow? I mean, what's the secret password? What gets you through the barricade and the and the fences and all of the other types of things that they've put up uh, to prevent people from getting in? So for for your listeners, this is the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that has been created by the protesters. They've created their own autonomous city within a city, and this has been allowed by the mayor there in Seattle. Police chief, obviously, she's not too happy. Mayor is all in, and they've erected barricades. They have their own armed patrols, and uh, they're trying to govern this place on the tenets of social justice. So, yeah, Joe, I don't know. I don't think you have the right qualities to get in. I think uh, you're, you're a bit too much of a free thinker. Uh, you, you definitely don't look the part. And uh, with me, I, it's pretty much the same thing. 
And this is the kind of uh, sort of commune that we had many years ago, specifically in New York, Philadelphia, Tampa, large U.S. cities. If you remember, we had this entire Occupy movement. And it's like we're seeing 2.0 of this that's coming in the light of all the Black Lives Matter protests. This is now full-on left-wing anarcho-syndicalism that's playing out on the streets of Seattle. And uh, it's got to be very frightening for you know, just uh, normal everyday people. For that uh, I know Seattle is a sprawling city, and it's uh, you know very wide in landscape. Of course, uh, you've got the autonomous zone, and then you head towards like the highways and the freeways there, where you've got uh, you know plenty of uh, homeless people living in encampments uh, along along the streets. And then you get towards like uh, where Amazon is located, and uh, you know uh, the fish market, and it's like a completely different scene, like many metro and big cities are, but. Uh, now, it's got to be very frightening when you see anarchy in the streets uh, the way uh, we've seen play out in Capitol Hill or through the Occupy Wall Street uh, you know, protests and uh, whatever that mess was years ago. You were actually following that uh, pretty thoroughly in your days as a reporter up in Philadelphia. Uh, what did you learn about uh, many of these people that you can maybe you know, talk you you know, give us a little sneak peek. Uh, you know, for many people, I'm sure, listening to this program, you know, straying away from anarchy and communes in the streets. Yeah, we had a lot of uh, pushback, if you guys remember, back in 2010, 2011, a lot to do with Wall Street bailouts. Uh, you know, we had started to learn a lot more about what was happening with a lot of the TARP bailout at the time. And, you know, you had the, the Tea Party some years before, and this was seen as a sort of left-wing equivalent and where I was uh, working in Philadelphia as a reporter, what we saw is these encampments build up and then Occupy Philly came to be. It had its own website, its own Twitter page, its own Facebook page. They had their own live streams. They had their own libraries. And it became this kind of commune uh, that was in this particular part of Philadelphia. And really what it was is a lot of people who were frustrated or you know just not happy at all at, at the given moment, whether it be because of their own unemployment or their own issues that they're having in their own life, or their just general upsetting nature with the status quo with the government. And I was going down there and actually having very good conversations with people. We agreed on many things. We debated the Federal Reserve. We talked about the money system. We talked about the role of police, pretty much the same conversation we're, ha we're having now. And, you know, after a while, you realize that there were a lot of people who were going with very, very big eyes, glowy eyes. This is the revolution and pretty much left feeling super disappointed because then the question became, all right, well, who's taking care of the trash? Who's taking care of the food? Who's going to do this shift? And nobody wanted to work the shift. There really wasn't a good way for people to get along. You didn't have any currency. So people kind of found out in a very funny way that they kind of needed capitalism in order to survive. They needed to have free exchange of goods and services. And I think that's pretty much what our friends in Seattle are going to be finding out very, very soon. Well, with that said, as you mentioned, the mayor, Jenny Durkin, up in Seattle, basically come out, comes out with a statement last night saying the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone is not a lawless wasteland of anarchist insurrection. It's a peaceful expression of our community's collective grief and their desire to build a better world. What happens when the food runs out and the trash starts piling up on the corners? I guess she has not yet to address that question. Yeah, it's so strange that you seem to have people who are just so willing 
to not see what's in front of them in order to try to make a point. I mean, she's tweeted more against Trump and whatever Trump is doing than what's actually happening in her own streets. And again, Seattle is not a hotbed of hate. This is one of the most progressive liberal cities in the entire country, if not the entire world. And everyone in the city of Seattle agrees uh, that there is something that has to be done when it comes to justice, when it comes to police reforms. I just don't know how many people are going to endorse taking over six city blocks, trying to camp there, actually going business to business to try to collect protection money. This is the kind of mafia-like behavior that I think a lot of people are going to be turned off by really quick, and the mayor is really going to be in the hot seat in a couple of weeks. Uh, I might have to take a little uh, bet out on predicted.org where you can bet on political events uh, how long this mayor is going to last, because I don't think she's going to last very long at all. Well, very thankful I was in Seattle last year. Don't have any plans to be there in the future. And uh, thankful that I live about as far away as possible in the continental United States from a city like Seattle, Washington, given that if I walk on the wrong street block, uh, I might get shot uh, just because, uh, just because, uh, I don't know, because I had $10 in my pocket. This is a wild, wild world we're living in. Again, trying to keep the positive and hope going here. Yael, you're not helping too much. with. Uh, oh, no. You know. Well, here, Joe, I'll give you some good ones. I think there, there is some great movement. Uh, you did see some things that are happening uh, in Washington that are actually positive. So we had Representative Justin Amash. He put together a bill. He's an independent or now part of the Libertarian Party, a, a bill that would remove qualified immunity uh, for police departments so that you could sue an individual police officer if they used excessive force. And then you also have uh, Senator Rand Paul, who's actually putting out his own bill that would ban no-knock raids. These are the raids that are taken out on homes where essentially they just barge into the door and arrest a suspect. Oftentimes, there's a, either a person who might be injured or shot or might be a dog that's shot. There's been a lot of these um, circumstances with the police, and Rand Paul and both Justin Amash are kind of teaming up legislatively to at least answer this. And I think this is good and positive because it shows that there is something that we can do in the moment. There's something that we can do to talk about reform, ways that we can improve the law, ways that we can improve relations between police and American citizens. Because that's the one great thing about our experiment and our republic is that we're able to do that. We're able to change the rules as citizens. We're able to call in our representatives if we're not happy. Many other places can't do that. We didn't have that in Egypt with the, during the Arab Spring. You didn't have it in many other Middle Eastern nations. And they still have tyranny in many of them. We fortunately do have a democratic republic. We're able to push back. We're able to vote new people in. And when things need to change, they can. I think that's definitely something to look forward to. So, Joe, hopefully that's a, a bit uh, a bit softer and more positive of a note. Said, I guess uh, Roger Stone would have been able to sleep a, a little bit more uh, easily if, in fact, uh, it wasn't the FBI breaking through his house uh, b uh, based on the no-knock warrant that they executed for uh, some white-collar crime that uh, well, he'll likely be pardoned for at, at some point here in the next uh, several months. And it is very true that, you know, on television we do have, you know, a plethora of TV shows about cops, and, and usually you're on their side, right? Whenever they're doing something uh, against the subject, you're normally on their side. It's like, of course, break that door down, go get them, throw them up against the wall. Uh, so we have to deal with that reality. But I think there are positive reforms. There are good things happening. It's something to put a smile on our face because things are somewhat getting better.
cancel culture, though, is eliminating things uh, like cops and uh, live PD. And even uh, the, the police rescue dog on Paw Patrol. He's next. Uh, yeah, that that what I saw was pretty unfortunate. I saw the Babylon Bee article uh, saying that he's actually going to be turned into an Antifa fighter now. Um, <laughs> sort of his joke. But, yeah, this is the kind of stuff where uh, our culture has to be strong and resilient, and we do need people in the culture to step up. We've definitely seen that from the world of sports, people stepping out against racism, against inequality. I think there is a point, though, where you do have overcorrection. And when you start bringing up things that have nothing to do with the current moment, that are just past grievances of, of some professor in some university, that becomes a bit dangerous because there's all things that we hate, Joe, that we detest in the culture, shows that we don't like, books that we want to burn, but we live in liberal democracies where we don't take these ideas and try to snuff them out. We deal with them, we challenge them, we debate them where we can. We don't burn down buildings or take the statues down. Uh, so I, I, that's unfortunate, and, and hopefully our liberal democratic principles can stand up to that. Hey, yeah, let me ask you in uh, regards to police reform, uh, you mentioned uh, qualified immunity and uh, the efforts to eliminate uh, that uh, legal doctrine along with uh, another push uh, to create uh, civilian oversight commissions with subpoena power to investigate uh, complaints uh, amongst uh, law enforcement officers. I know we touched on it last week uh, briefly surrounding qualified immunity, and I brought up just, uh, you know, you have written extensively on frivolous lawsuits. And uh, do we not uh, or have we not set, uh, you know, based on what we've been living through for the last several weeks, have we not set an impossible standard of perfection for law enforcement at this point? Uh, you know, it just seems as if uh, nothing they do is right, no matter how by the book they do it. I think there's definitely a, a sort of there's an issue that happens whenever you deal with the facts and the and the figures and really the data and you kind of compare that to a lot of claims made by activists. It is true that there are many circumstances at which people have been in violent confrontations with the police and lost their lives. Every single one is tragic. At the same time, the numbers are nowhere near what they used to be. And in fact, they're some of the lowest uh, that we've ever seen in this country. We have an ongoing, on-raging drug war. That means that there are a lot of weapons out there. There is a lot of crime out there. And yeah, it's not the best situation. But if we do have these tools and we allow people when they are wronged by agents of the state, I think that is a good thing. I don't think it's going to be too crazy just because we have even within the police forces, there is a self-correcting uh, mechanism. There's nobody that wants to put an end to this more than the police because they don't want to be in a situation where they're fearing for their lives every single time. They want good relationships with communities. And I think uh, these small legislative steps are a way to get there. Perhaps it's body cams. Perhaps it's just more community outreach. There are things that can be done. I don't think necessarily we need to go to hashtag defund the police, uh, but I do think more positive and constructive dialogue is always better, Joe. And I think uh, you've done a lot of that on this program. There are other programs on the Big Talker that do it. And I know specifically in the community of Wilmington, things have improved a great deal. So th I think that's very positive. Now, I think, you know, other efforts to reform the police and get back to a form of community policing, having cops on the beat, so to speak, in the streets, rather than the more militarized uh, big tanks that we see rolling through during our Veterans Day parades, you know, maybe 
a, a better way in which we can create dialogue and uh, you know get the you know snitches get stitches type of mindset out of some of our neighborhoods. But in addition to that, you know briefly. Now, these civilian oversight commissions that some of these demonstrators and protesters are calling for with subpoena power. Now, my first question is, well, who has the authority to sit on these commissions and uh, you know, what types of people are going to represent uh, you know, our communities on these types of oversight uh, places uh, w- with the ability to you know, turn somebody's life upside down based on uh, a complaint that, uh, you know, should be hashed out, uh, you know, from some type of arbitrator or, or, or somewhere. But the Civilian Oversight Commission, that kind of, you know, it freaks me out when I, you know, see those, you know, am I a law-abiding citizen who may have very different viewpoints than others? Would I be qualified to sit on that Civilian Oversight Commission? Or is it only certain people who have an agenda, uh, an agenda such as defund the police? I think the the good example is from the city of Charlotte. Um, So they actually have had this kind of oversight committee now for at least two years. And it's uh, normal people who are elected within the community. So I think, Joe, you'd be able to run. And really, they they just focus most of their review on interactions with the police and complaints. So it's a way that people are able to have a sort of independent body. Maybe you don't call it independent, but it's at least not housed within the police department of reviewing some of these cases in which, you know, somebody might claim police abuse. And in a way, it's also to protect the police. You know, that's why you also have body cams that many police unions are in favor of, because if they're... Uh, let's say, unfairly accused of something, they also have evidence that nothing really happened. Same thing for a citizen who, who might be in a bad situation and get roughed up or unfortunately killed by the police. We have it either way. So I think Charlotte is giving a good example. I don't think it's bad to have more citizens involved with oversight of our institutions. Uh, it is true that activists sometimes capture that but uh, that's why we got to be vigilant, Joe. That's why people listen to the Big Talker. Uh, that's why people are reading the news as much as possible, and, and hopefully people can stay awake and we can keep keep supporting liberal democracy. Yeah, yeah. Before I let you go, I know you have another fresh edition of the Consumer Choice Center uh, coming our way tomorrow at ten o'clock a.m. here on the Big Talker. Uh, who have who are who are you going to catch up with uh, during tomorrow's broadcast? Our guest uh, for tomorrow's program is Lenny McAllister. Uh, he's a director of Western Pennsylvania at the Commonwealth Foundation, a son of North Carolina. Uh, he's actually been interviewed on The Big Talker before, a graduate of Davidson College, uh, someone who knows a lot about politics in the current moment. So it's great catching up with him, and he's got some great ideas for the future. Well, we always enjoy uh, another fresh edition of uh, Consumer Choice Radio, and you can hear it right here on The Big Talker Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. Uh, hosted by Yael Lasowski and uh, his colleague Dave Clement. Uh, Yael, it's always a pleasure, my friend, and uh, we will catch up again next week. All right, Joe. Until then. That's Yael Lasowski from the Consumer Choice Center, the global grassroots movement for consumer choice. You can find out more about what they do at consumerchoicecenter.org.